Atlanta, good afternoon to you. Glad to have you with us. Pretty day out there. And yeah, not got to be outside today very much, but uh, just about a cloudless, well, a little cloud starting to move in, but uh, just about a cloudless day. Very nice. And uh, we got a couple more of these. And then, yeah, well, then things go downhill a little bit. And uh, there's been a little bit of uh, maybe for the snow lovers, uh, I'm not going to make any promises, but I will say this. It looks like that there may be a convergence in February of cold and precipitation. One of the wettest Januaries, and then cold as well, but they didn't come at the same time. That could be changing. We'll talk about that coming up in a minute. 577-1296, that is the text line. Our voice line is 828-884-9427. And, uh, Brianna, if you can get that screen on for me, please, that has our roll call on it. And so we have been involved in remodeling, and uh, they are they, they worked about all night on it. And what we did was, when we built Studio A and B, we, we actually duplicated. So we did two studios, identical. And they had actually old 911 consoles that went up and down. So you could stand up, sit down, sit on a stool, wherever you liked it. We got them at auction. And the kind of wraparound, kind of a horseshoe-looking thing. And the monitors go up and down. We, the console goes up and down. Everything goes up and down. Well, that was the original plan was an AM and an FM console, one side, the other side, and, and have them duplicate. Well, then, at the time, our video studio was in a trailer outside. We quickly outgrew that and a lot of other things that went with that. You had to go outside to get to where they were. and just a lot of communication things, just a lot of things. Anyway, we ended up moving. Studio B ended up becoming the video studio. And that, that console was not designed for that. So it was just a one-man operation because it was a horseshoe. So now we have matching top, thanks to Wilson Art. And it goes all the way across the back of the studio, Studio B. And now it has three unique stations. So there is the, the video switcher, the person who's doing the actual switching work, and the robotic cameras. Your middle guy is your audio man. And he's watching your waveform and your audio. And then your guy on the left is your graphics guy. And then we have a producer's chair now behind them. So the producer sits back and sees all that's going on and then instructs everything. So I think it's going to work a lot better for video production. Um, I believe it will. And we're, we still don't have but the, the, the one studio. But one of these days we will be able to uh, to do something else and to have a duplicate uh, duplicate audio studios because if this goes down I don't have a backup and I'm getting real apprehensive about not having backups on everything because my determination is if man built it it can break and not only is it subject to but probably will if man built it and so anything that man built is subject to break you believe that I do. That's why works doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, a work salvation doesn't work because if it was up to that, uh, it it would break, wouldn't it? Yeah, it wouldn't work. Uh, let's t let's go talk traffic here for a minute, 
And I think I'm look right on this. Let me look here. Yeah, I think I am. So this is at the Black Mountain exit going east, up by Ridgecrest and to the top of the hill. There are wrecks right through there. Uh, there's crashes on I-40 eastbound. And uh, I don't know if it's completely shut down or not. I don't think they're rerouting anything just because of I don't see traffic going anywhere else. So I think it's just stopping in place. So it looks like it is stopped somewhere up at the top of the mountain there, up past, past Ridgecrest. And yeah, I don't see, I don't know. There, I mean, there is an old back road through there, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that that's, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that. Anyway, don't have any other report other than that, but it's backed up for two miles right there at the Continental Divide on I-40 eastbound. All right, and then the normal places in downtown Asheville, that's just a given. But other than that, things are good today, uh, remarkably so. Not a lot of traffic problems here anywhere in the mountain area. We do have a slowdown right down past Lake Bowen. It is between Lake Bowen and Highway 11. They're resurfacing through there, and uh, that has got the westbound I-26 off the pace. You also have, let's see here. Um, well, you know, you know I was going to say Pelham Road, right, in Greenville. You know, I-85 north and south centered on Pelham. And from 3 to 5 north to Pelham and from the airport BMW south to Pelham, that's a daily occurrence. And then any more, 185 and 85, that's also a daily occurrence. Slow down right there. And then today, uh, we've got a slowdown on the northbound side uh, there at 291. And by the way, the 85, I, I, 80, the 185 and the 85 is always southbound for whatever reason. Yep, I'm looking for Rex in Greenville and just don't see, uh, no, don't see any uh, that, I, that I can come up with right this minute. Well, I found one out on 183 Forest Bridge Road. Yep, it's, there's one there. Outside of that, I don't see anything else to comment on. All right? All right. Well, again, we're glad to have you with us. We're grateful to the Lord for his mercy, and we thank him for all that he is up to. Let me mention right now, Asheville is showing at six minutes before five, 59 degrees, a nine mile an hour wind out of the north with a gust of 20, which makes it cooler. Yeah, it makes it look good. But at 59, really wind chill doesn't kick in, but it still, jacket feels good. I'll say it that way. Our humidity is at 26%. Pressure's come up a little bit uh, to, to running right around uh, right around 30, uh, you know, 30 millibars right this moment, 30 even. And then GSP, 58, that's interesting. We did it again today. 59 for Asheville, 58 for Greer. Temperature inversion, warmer in Asheville than it is in Greer. Typically seven degrees cooler in Asheville, and that's just on a the experience. I don't know. It, that's nothing scientific. It's just my observation. And uh, well, they they will tell you 
if you are mountain climbing, if you're hiking, uh, they will. The experts will tell you that if you're going to go up a, a 6,000 foot mountain, figure five degree drop in temperature for every thousand feet of elevation, and you pack accordingly. So if you're in the valley floor, and at, at 2,000 feet, and it's 60 degrees, and you're going to climb Mount Mitchell, then you can figure that it is the possibility that at 60 degrees in the valley floor, you may only be at around 40 degrees on the top of Mitchell. Just the way it goes, unless you have inversion like we do today. 58 is what the temperature is, and they don't have that wind coming out of the same direction as we do. 25% humidity, though. Here at the studios, it's interesting, we are at 54, and, uh, of course, we're 30 minutes from when those readings were taken this time of the day, the sun starts setting, and this time of the year, sun starts setting, and the temperatures drop pretty quickly. So here's where we're going. 27 tonight, 57 tomorrow, 31 tomorrow night, and then 55 for Thursday. Uh, Thursday night's 38. Friday, we have a chance of showers moving in after 10 o'clock in the morning, 56. Friday night, uh, we're looking at about 46 degrees and 40% chance. Saturday, uh, we're looking at showers after 8 a.m., high near 62, a 60% chance of rain. 60% for Saturday night, 60% for Sunday, 70% for Sunday night, 60% for Monday, 30% for Monday night, and the low is near 31, by the way, and then the high on Tuesday around 51. So, if we're talking about, have you heard of all the mudslides and all the stuff going on in California? The whole state of California getting hammered. And three people have died because of weather. And so enormous amounts of rain. They have gotten more rain than I think than they get in a whole year. And uh, so it's pretty amazing. The desert southwest also very, very uh, large amounts of rain. I'm hoping it will alleviate some of the drought conditions that they've had in that whole region. I hope it will. But all of that tracks across to us. Now, the question is, which, which road does it take? This past, week in, this past weekend, it took I-10, which is right on the bottom, and it went, went below us. It went all the way across and went below us. If it comes I-20, we're going to catch it. The southern mountains will catch it, a lot of it. If it takes I-40, a little higher, then the... Tennessee mountains and the North Carolina mountains that border Tennessee will catch it, but not the southern mountains as much. So that's your precipitation pattern. And they talk about these atmospheric rivers. Have you heard that term? Well, we've had those all along. It's not something new, but it's basically the way that it channels. And the El Nino, which we're, we're, we're receiving, um, is a pattern that is warmer in the southern Atlantic, or excuse me, the southern Pacific. And as a, res as a result of that, it funnels precipitation in low down around the Baja Peninsula in that section. And so the, the flow is up from the equator that way. Now, if, you, if it is a La Nina, which we've had for several years, La Nina will do just the opposite. It goes up much higher, and it comes in around 
the, the Canadian-U.S. Uh, border. And that's when the Canadian Rockies and the Northern Rockies, Northern Great Plains, that whole section, and then, of course, the whole Rocky Mountains, that's when they get most of their precipitation would be in that situation. Now, last year, uh, we had a time or two that it came down the Rockies and come across. But last year, it was like an expressway. It went right across the Great Plains, right into the Great Lakes, right into New England, back out through, uh, you know, New Brunswick in that section and on up toward Greenland. And that was just the way that it was traveling. So there was a lot of precipitation, you know, in, in parts that time. Well, we're, and I said, we're maybe getting back into a situation. Well, this is unseasonably warm. You know that. This is very, very warm, very unusually warm. So if we drop back to normal temperatures, which is the prediction, and if we get above normal precipitation, which is also the which is also the prediction, then we may very well get some frozen stuff. And uh, of course, at this point, we're less than three weeks from Sherathon, and so we don't <laughs> we're not near as excited about getting frozen precipitation as we normally would be. Because if that happens during Sherathon, it causes a great deal of trouble. Uh, we had one year, we got a big snow, and we had a contractor come in, borrow our plow, and he spent the entire night. When I got here the next morning, it, it still wasn't, wasn't even daylight. He had plowed the entire night, and the entire property was clear. Now, 64 was impassable, but, but our property was clear because he had plowed all night long, would not let it get caked up and uh, kept it open. So the the problem I'm having is we have a brand new parking lot and brand new lines on it, and man, I don't want to put snow plows on it. I don't. So anyway, there you go. Uh, can't please everybody, can you? That's just, that's where that's where we are. We got, uh, yeah, if it ain't one thing, it's two. So yeah, we're watching, and I, uh, we're, we're watching it, and there is a, uh, I know the ground, what the groundhog said. I, I heard him, but uh I'm not so sure here in the mountains that we're going to have as early a spring as, as folks might think. Just saying, uh, there's, you know, we have had, of course, remember the blizzard was in March. Yep, it was unusual, but it was, you know, a 30-year phenomenon, but, it, but we did have it. And I heard somebody say the other day, we're due one. We're due one. Do you remember the ice storms? of the mid-90s? Then do you remember the ice storms of the mid-2000s? Do you remember those? And then do you remember the, 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 the rough weather in the first, from what, 12 up to about 18? You remember those winters? Remember the, year, remember the winter that we did, power was out almost to Christmas? Remember that? Remember all that? Remember the big snow in 18? Remember that one? So deep nobody could go. And then it quit. So you think about it. We've had a about a about a five year respite, nothing. And so if you look at averages, yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, we we are probably do one. I just hope it doesn't occur during uh, during Sherathon. All right, the sixth day of the month of February, the General Operating Budget of Anchor Broadcasting Day, sponsored by Doug and Lisa Corn. 
and they're investing in the things of the Lord. They want to wish a happy birthday to their granddaughter, Reagan, whose birthday was on the 3rd of February. We appreciate uh, Doug and Lisa. Thank them for standing with us. And a belated happy birthday to Reagan uh, on February the 3rd. Network Budget Today sponsored in honor of those that work with youth groups and take the time to minister to this very important part of the church. God bless you. And uh, all right, thank you. Only 19 days remain until share And a special happy birthday today uh, to Jacob Warren. And uh, congratulations to Jacob uh, here of Anchor. We appreciate him and his family. And he is Christy Johnson's uh, son-in-law. And got those uh, identical twins, uh, mirror image twins. And so, yeah, and uh, we're, we appreciate the, uh, appreciate the Warrens very, very much and appreciate that all, the whole family. God bless you. Happy birthday. All right. So let's, I did get my roll call up here. I can see it now. So let's look at Ann Arbor, Arden, Atlanta, Birmingham, Brevard, Charlotte, El Monte, California. And I've never looked up to see where that's at. I wonder what the weather is doing there in El Monte. Ella J., Fort Mill, Greensboro, Greenville, Hendersonville, Houston, Indianapolis, Kiev, Germany, Morrisville, Mount Laurel, New Jersey, Oberlin, Ohio, Ottawa, Canada, Plymouth, Rock Hill, San Diego, South Park, Pennsylvania, Silva, North Carolina, and every day my mouse hangs about in the same spot. Oh, it was doing an update. That's what it was. So when it does an update, it won't go down. The screen won't go down. There's so many I have to scroll down. I try to scroll down. It won't scroll down. And it's because it is updating. And when it updates, it goes back to the top. And then I have to figure out where I was. And with a man with a short memory, short-term memory loss, that's, uh, that's not a good thing. Remember out where you were. South Park, Silva, Toledo, Ohio, Europe. And it's doing it again. It is updating one more time. And so uh, it dropped it all back up. Goodness, uh, it's get, giving me a run for my money today. We've got a couple of unknowns in listing posts in Europe. Valdez, North Carolina. We've got two connections in the nation's capital today. we got Weaverville and Williamston, both in the Carolinas, on with us today. And we're glad to have all of you. We salute you. And if I didn't mention your town, mm-hmm. You can always text me at 577-1296. And uh, I'm getting a message that we don't have any sound on uh, Facebook, but this was a little bit ago. And did you get it fixed? That's We still don't have any sound on Facebook? Yes, we have it. Or no, we don't have it. We don't have sound on Facebook. Can you read my lips? We don't have sound. Okay. Well, we, we reworked the studio, but we don't have sound. I apologize about that. I do. I apologize about that. We're, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry about that. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, yeah, I saw, I've, I've, I'm going to go to the text line here. I've got someone that says, uh, hey, Pastor Barn, just want to let you know I'm 48 years old and just built my first crystal radio today. My dad was a radio enthusiast, but sadly I didn't share in his enthusiasm in the years before he passed away. And the first thing I picked up was your voice saying, may God bless you. And he certainly did today. Never too old to learn something new, are we? Well, let me tell you something neat about crystal radios. 
uh, they are a great disaster something to have. Yeah, because they're minimal. You can use you can use solar. I mean, you can use so many different things, and they're easy to build, and they're they don't they don't have a lot of moving parts, and they don't have any typically Japanese or any Chinese electronics in them. And so who knows? They may work when everything else doesn't. Uh, okay, so caller asking about the lamb and the twin goats. Well, the goats are, the twins are not here yet. They're still, yeah, they're still. And, and Lady is my, is my doe, and she's big as a barn, man. I'm telling you, she's big. And, I mean, she's pooched out on both sides, look like she's carrying saddlebags. And so uh, this will be her, hmm, I'd have to count them up. I guess that's probably going to be her eighth. If we have two, it'll be her be, be seven and eight, I think. I'd have to count it up how many she's had. But my lamb. Um, so I've, I've gone to some extreme measures. So I'm now I'm measuring the food and I'm measuring the water. And I don't think that my you that had the prolapse Sunday night is drinking or eating. I have been, uh, per the veterinarian I've been giving her milk of magnesia twice a day to coat her stomach also in case she has ulcers from the from the trauma and all the things that happen as well as to clean her digestive system out so that she would want to eat she can go without eating but she can't go without drinking so last night I went to tractor supply I bought a bottle of dine d-y-n-e it is liquid nutrition. You can give it to almost any animal except a cat. I don't know why you can't give it to a cat, but you can't. You get an animal that's in trouble. Uh, you get a runt. You get something that's not doing well. You can take this. It's a syrupy, uh, high nutrient value. You take a syringe, draw it up in it, and you give it to them. And so I did my first force feeding last night with, with, uh, with uh, the, 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 the sheep the U, her name is Roxy. And when I first got her, I put her on it, her horns fell off. And so it showed some type of lack of nutrients. So we put her on that and she grew she grew new horns. She's got four horns. Well put her back on that last night and then I'm continuing the milk of magnesia and the and the dying nutritional supplement. Did it this morning. She didn't like it. Uh I didn't realize sheep had as t sharp a teeth as she's got. She's got a, a very sharp tooth back there somewhere. And I got, yeah, I didn't have gloves on, got my finger there. But uh, she's a handful to try to force feed that stuff. She does not like it. But if I don't get some, I mean, she can go without eating for a little while, but she see, she's lactating, she's nursing. And if I can't get her some fluid in her, we're in trouble because she's nursing. So if I go in this afternoon and she hasn't drank from the water bowl, I've got it measured. And if she hasn't, then we're going to start uh, a force drench with her. And uh, I'm going to force her with some electrolyte fluid. And if, I still, if she still won't drink, then tomorrow we're probably either going to go with a, I don't know, I'm going to talk to the doctor. I'm either going to go with a, with a nasal feeding tube you know, to get the water down or, or, or possibly even take her for an IV. So I'm not sure yet what I'm going to do, but uh, I'm going to lose Roxy if I don't, uh, if something don't change, I'm going to lose her because she can't continue to give out like she is to the, to the, to the lamb 
And for those that weren't here yesterday, I had a lamb born Sunday night, big lamb. Matter of fact, when I saw it, I, my eyes went, wow. That lamb was bigger, way bigger than a baby goat. And the problem is this, this ewe is small. She's a very small ewe. And she's only a year old. She's very small. And to have a lamb of that size, I was just stunned. And it had had uh, a bowel movement in the sack. And so we had, we had complications to start with. Okay, so we were, we, were, we were in trouble. When it hit the ground, we were in trouble. And then she prolapsed. And that means that her insides came to the outside. So I was at the vet like, oh, Sunday night at 1030. And the vet was frantically trying to save her life. And, uh, and she did a great job and sewed her up. And we're hopeful. Gave her antibiotics, gave her uh, anti-inflammatory, gave her some other things, some other shots, and gave the lamb some shots. But it's still touch and go. So uh, I know, you know, people say, well, you're praying for a sheep. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. The Lord used the illustration that he left the 90 and 9, that the good shepherd left the 90 and 9, went after the 1. I get that. I do. I get it. I didn't used to get it. I said, well, still got 90 and 9. No. No, the good shepherd knows his sheep. And he wants to, in end of the day, he wants to have all the ones he started with. Yeah, it's okay to have more than you started with. You know, if they're, if they're lambing, if they're birthing. But it's not okay to have less than you started with. So the Lord's teaching me a lot about sheep and about pastoring and about how we're like sheep. And it's amazing that as much as I'm trying to help Roxy, she don't want help. She thinks I'm trying to hurt her. Is that not like we are? Yeah. So, Okay. And, uh, okay, so we now have audio on. Okay, thank you. Got it, got it fixed. Appreciate that. We got, it, got it fixed. Thank you. Appreciate folks telling us. Thank you. So, all right, got some little ones praying for snow, I find out. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Uh, and just a question. You know anybody works on CB radios? I have a man asking. Yeah. The, uh, somebody's asking me about the Texas border stuff. Oh, man, don't get me started. Oh, my soul. The Texas border stuff. Make you so mad. I mean, just make you so mad you can't hardly stand it. Well, here's, here's the thing that's really got me. You know, we, everybody, everybody, everybody makes out like that it's a bunch of poor Hispanics just wanting the cross to get work, and that's all it is. But if you look at pictures taken outside of the Roosevelt Hotel in New York City, those people are not Latinos. They are of African descent, almost all of them. And I'm not being prejudiced. I'm just telling you, we're not talking about a street full of, of Hispanics. We're talking about a street, a street full of Africans or of African origin. Those people are very dark-skinned. So I did a little research. Did you know that in the first three quarters, now, and I'm quoting the Associated Press so that you know, 
in the first three quarters of last year, the United States, and this is what we got, okay? So I, 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 was, I was looking at this. So the, according to, in the first nine months of the year, Haitians, Ecuadorians, Venezuelans are third, but Haitians are first, Ecuadorians second, Venezuelans are third, and Chinese are fourth. Chinese are coming across the Mexican border in droves. According to the Associated Press, Asians in, in this past September, and of course they haven't released the last quarter yet, at least I haven't seen it, that the month of September was the second highest month of illegal crossings in the U.S. government's history. And during that time, let me get my numbers here. In the first, first nine months of 2023, the U.S. Border Patrol arrested 22,187 Chinese crossing the border illegally from Mexico. That's 13 times higher than the same number in 2022. They're all, there were over 4,000 came in in September. Of this past September, over 4,000 Chinese. Now here's the interesting part about all of this that people are not talking about. I hinted to it yesterday, and I, I, was, I was careful, but I want to say it with a little more emphasis today. If you are from a Latin or South American country, and you are a male, between the age of 18 and 30, there is a very strong possibility, I'm talking about high, high, high probability that they have military training because they still practice conscription in many of those countries. It is a requirement that those young men serve either in a paramilitary situation, in a National Guard type's role, or in military reserve in some form or fashion. So in other words, they're capable of handling automatic weapons. They are capable of handling explosives. They're, they're, they're trained military people. Now that's for the Hispanics. And the truth of the matter is, other than, I mean, the drugs, I mean, we got everybody coming in. We got the cartel coming in. We got cold-blooded murders. We got all this stuff coming in our country sex trafficking, child trafficking. I mean, it's terrible what's coming in from the Latino countries, Latin America, Lateral and South, Latin and Central and South America. It's terrible what's coming in. Add to that the Caribbean and the influx of the Haitians. But now it's Asia. Chinese. 22,000. So if you extrapolate that, that means that last year, probabilities are high that we, we had over 30,000 Chinese that we caught, processed, and turned loose into our country.
Now, that's the one we caught. And they will tell you, the Border Patrol will tell you that for every one they catch, and it depends on whose numbers you want to look at, and it's, I mean, it's out for, and, it, you know, because everybody's got their own numbers. But there, I, I think that I can say this on the radio without fear of contradiction, that the ratio is assumed to be 10 to 1. For every one they catch, there's 10 get across illegally and are never detected. If that's the case, last year alone, we could have upwards of 300,000 illegal Chinese in the United States of America. You say, well, there's not that many. Okay, let's say that they're not. But how many other enemy countries do we have of these people coming in? And the question is, if we don't detect them coming in, how do we know what they brought in with them? We find weapons being smuggled into the United States almost every single day. For what purpose? For what cause? Who's buying them? Who needs them? Who needs weapons in America, right? Only people who have the will to destroy America. And they're telling us today that TikTok and these other things give you step-by-step -step instructions how to come from China through Panama and all the way in that tells you where to stay, what roads to use, the words. They, even if you don't speak Spanish, don't speak English, they, they, they teach you how to say all these words in the right places, and you can make your way right through the border of the United States. And the big debate is now, and Mr. Mr. Biden said today, that uh, if we, if his plan had been passed, the Senate plan, that the border would be closed today. Yeah, but get this. It allows for 5,000 illegals a day. 5,000. And at 5,000, they would cap it and let no more in today. But in the morning, we'd open it back up and have 5,000 more. President Trump closed the border under COVID, completely closed it. And so I'm just saying, uh, it can be done. This is not, this is no longer about Hispanics coming in here and taking American jobs. That's not what this is about. It's way worse than that. And to give you, just, just to give you a, verification so that what I'm saying is, so that you know what I'm telling you is true. Epic Times is reporting that New York City is launching a prepaid debit card to the tune of $53 million to be taken to the Roosevelt Hotel and to be given out to the illegal immigrants that have made that ground zero. And it is reported that they have to sign a pledge that they will only use these prepaid debit cards to buy food. However, many of them cannot even read the pledge that they're signing. They can buy beer, cigarettes, anything they want to with it. It spends just like cash. There are no restrictions on it.
It's called an immediate response card, IRC. A group has been, uh, they have been contracted to provide these. Mobility Capital Finance is going to create these prepaid debit cards. They will take them to the Roosevelt Hotel, and they will give them out to the tune of $1,000 for a family of four per month. And, uh, yeah. And so, and they don't call them illegal aliens. The left has now got a really nice term. They call them asylum seekers. So these are for asylum seekers so they can buy hot food. And by the way, they're good at convenience stores. They're good at restaurants. They're good at pizza places. Yep, they can go out to eat on them. And they say so they can get hot food. And you can go to some of the finest places there in, in New York if you chose to. You can eat steak. You can eat Because, again, all you pledge is that you won't use it for anything but food. But you can use it for hot food. And this is what they're saying. This is what they're saying. They're saying that they're going to give them out to 500 families, but they can be used at bodegas, grocery stores, supermarkets, convenience stores, food, baby supplies. And they have to sign an agreement that they can't go to a fine restaurant in some of these other places, can't buy gas, can't buy beer, wine, cigarettes, dope. But it's just a signature and they make a promise, and that's all it is. Okay. And here's is what they say. Well, if you if you if you break this, then you won't get no more. That's the penalty. But you get the first thousand for a family of four. This is according to the, the uh, that is, that is according to the New York Post, by the way, I'm quoting. And uh, and this is what they're saying. So that the Families can get their ethnic food that they need culturally relevant diets. And so New York City is going to fork out $600,000 per month, um, $7.2 million, but the total program cost is $53 million. In December, they had 157,000 show up in the Big Apple. That is as many people and half again as live in the capital of New York State, the city of Albany. There's 100,000 in Albany. There was 157,000 came in just December. January, 172,000, and they're on the streets. And uh, so, and by the way, the, the mayor, <laughs> he, uh, you know, let's walk it back. In September of last year, 
because Texas and Florida, all these people busting them, busting them to him. And he made the statement that the illegal immigrants, or better known as asylum seekers, would destroy New York City. And he also has pleaded for federal help, lamenting that the Biden administration's lack of action, this is a far-left liberal, the Biden administration's lack of action was leaving cities to fend for themselves. Well, he wants to be a, a I mean, they want to be a, you know, so I don't know. And, uh, yeah, so we are, uh, I am, I'm very concerned about uh, where we are. I'm very concerned about people here, but, but here again, if these were just poor people, hungry people from other places wanting something to eat, and that's all that we had. But as you found out last week, it was these asylum seekers because they left their country because of political persecution that beat down two cops in Times Square. And they're seeking indictment with a grand jury against these people, and they're not even there anymore. They're gone. There's only one guy in jail. The other five have left because they got out without bond, without bail. They'd have to post anything. They just let them out. And we're talking about felonies facing seven years. Yeah. Anyway, projections are 5371. Thank you. The, uh, they believe about 18 million will come across under the Biden administration. Illegal aliens coming to the United States, 18 million. And here's the other part that nobody's talking about. There are states, it used to be North Carolina. You go anywhere in South America, Latin America, Mexico, and mention Carolina Norte, everybody, everybody knew who that was. They couldn't tell you the name of any other states in the United States other than Texas and California. But they knew Carolina Norte. Anybody want to know why? Because Carolina Norte used to be able to, used to issue driver's license to anybody who walked in the door. Just give you a driver's license. Here's the problem. You know what you have to have to register to vote in most places? A driver's license. I know for a fact, I don't think they would testify because they're afraid they get found out, but I know people on the Mexican border that came across, got a fake Social Security card, went to the driver's license office, got a Texas driver's license, and the driver's license office said, would you like to register to vote? And they said, sure. And what party do you think they registered to vote under? Anybody guess? You think it was Donald Trump? His party? No, no, they're not big keen, too keen on Donald. Although the Hispanics did better. I can show you the metrics. Hispanics did better. African Americans did better under the Trump administration than any other president in this century. But that's not how they register. They register to vote liberal because the liberals won't throw them out. 
So their existence here is dependent upon it. So they come in, they get a fake, a fake Social Security card, they take it down, they get their driver's license, they register to vote, and they vote in the elections, and they vote for liberals. And you wonder why they won't close the border? Because if you can't do ballast, ballot harvesting one way, do it another way. Open the floodgates, let them come in, give them everything that they need free, Feed them, give them $1,000 a month. They can eat wherever they want to. Get their ethic, ethnically, culturally required food. Yeah. So that the Muslims can eat lamb instead of pork. So we're going to pay for that. Culturally required diets. And we're going to pay them to do that. Pay them to come here. Pay them to do that. And then they're going to vote and repay us, repay the mayor, repay the president who lets, the, lets them come across, they're going to repay them by voting for his party. Hey, vote buying is illegal, supposedly. And 3151 says, while Americans starve, I just say this, don't get me started about American veterans that are being found dead on the street, starved to death every day. Veterans across America that have served this country, born and raised, red-blooded Americans that live on the streets due to addiction, due to mental issues, due to anxiety issues, due to, uh, uh, obviously, uh, you know, having uh, all of these uh, syndromes and stuff. It's very real. It's very real. They never, they came home and they never were able to mesh back into society. And they can get almost nothing. So here's what they need to do. Our veterans need to go to Mexico Come through, answer, no speaking English, senor, asylum, asylum. Be turned in, be bussed to New York, American veterans, be bussed to New York so they can get a $1,000 gift card to eat out at the restaurant of their choice. Yeah. Well, it's time to quit because I'm mad. Said I wasn't going to get mad, but I am mad. So it's time for me to move on because I can't, I shouldn't do, I shouldn't get, I, I, I've, I, can't, I can't do that, okay? So we need to pray. We need to pray for our country. We need to pray for our homeless veterans. We need to pray. There's a group now that's burying, I mean, thank God there's a group that is burying, paying for funerals for homeless veterans across America, and they're having to every day. Let's pray together. Father, Lord, we, we see the world around us and we see the solutions that man has to offer. And Lord, we realize that there is no help, there is no hope without you. And yet, Lord, we have banned you from our schools. We have, Lord, invited you off of our college campuses. And Lord, we have restricted 
even the mention of your name in the courtroom and in the due process of law. Father, I'm asking and praying, oh God, may there be a great shaking in this country. May there be a great awakening in this country. Lord, you shook this country in the 1750s when Whitfield preached on the streets of Boston. Lord, you shook it again during the Civil War to the point that the Confederate soldiers got born again in their camps and preachers preached nightly to the point that they didn't even want to take up arms against the opposing force. Lord, I'm asking you to do it again. Lord, I'm praying that you would send us revival and Lord, restore American values to this place, which are biblical values. Oh, Lord, take us out of here. If it be, you will. Lord, even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. We'll thank you for all you do and plead the blood in Christ's holy name. Amen and amen. Thank you for being with us this afternoon. Thank God again for his mercy and appreciate you joining us. See you tomorrow around 515. Here are the Perrys into his presence.